Good morning. I want to combine three passages to introduce our subject. And these passages are close together in the text of Scripture, just a page or two away in your Bible. I'm inviting you to locate 2 Timothy and then after that into the book of Titus. And I begin by giving you the context. Paul is training two young men in the work of preaching. Now, preaching as described in the New Testament is much more than just standing before people and saying something. Preaching as defined in the New Testament involves many related elements of character, commitment, competence, and content. And those various essential elements of preaching appear as you read through First and Second Timothy and Titus. This is essential reading for preachers, and it will impart immense profit for all Bible students and every Christian. And one thing you'll discover in First and Second Timothy and Titus is what it means to be sound in the faith. Lock into that phrase in your mind, sound in the faith. That's what we're going to address this morning. And I want to introduce that topic by reading these three passages beginning in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. You heard earlier. All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Now, what I want you to do is just keep reading into chapter 4 in 2 Timothy. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. Now, you may not need to even turn a page. I'm going to Titus now in chapter 1, and I'm reading verses 7 through 9 about the work of elders. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. Let me summarize 
what we've read in these three passages. Inspired Scripture furnishes us with all we need to be sound in the faith. The only kind of preacher who can lead us towards sound faith is the one who preaches only the Word. That work has great urgency because there are some who will not endure sound doctrine. Elders are appointed as men who are to hold fast the faithful word, that they may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and convict those who contradict. So, we arrive now at a working question. What does it mean to be sound? And we're going to rely upon what we've read in other passages to answer that. What does it mean to be sound in the faith? The word sound means to be spiritually healthy, to be whole, spiritually healthy. The Word of God, read, studied, and faithfully presented and obeyed, is the only source of spiritual soundness, wholeness, or health, good spiritual health is what we ought to think about. Now, how is that established? By, what, by that I mean, how do we know we are sound, spiritually healthy, and how is that expressed, or how is that communicated? I'm going to begin by eliminating the negative. Soundness is not proved by resume. You can write anything on a paper about yourself or someone else. You can describe various events and achievements that you believe were noteworthy in your life. You can report academic credentials. You can give glowing accounts of past experience. But you cannot, in a resume on paper, establish soundness in the faith. My spiritual health is not authenticated merely by a few sheets of paper I hand to someone, even if when they read those sheets of paper, it appears very good. Soundness is not proved merely by resume. Soundness is not proved by boasting. Can you imagine going to see your doctor and you just brag about how good you are in your health and you refuse any testing, any diagnosis. There is a mentality like this that is common to boast your way out of something that is necessary. Many of us perhaps at some time in our lives have been guilty of this. We say, well, I've done this and I've done this good thing and I worked this person over with rebuke, and I won this religious debate, there seems to be this inordinate impulse to report all of our past accomplishments and victories, and then boast about that, and then conclude, I must be sound, because all of that I've done, and I've reported in some detail. That kind of thing has no place in the kingdom. It is not only in bad taste, it shows spiritual immaturity to go on and on about all of your experience and your resume and all of your victories and all the things that you've done. 
and assume that that proves you're sound. That kind of thing has no place in the kingdom. My soundness in the faith is not established by bragging, by what I've written on paper, by telling stories of past victories and glorified history. Nothing in the New Testament assigns any value to that kind of conduct. In fact, boasting is always presented in the Bible in a negative light unless you are boasting of Christ and the redemptive value and the effect of His grace. Soundness is not proved by friendly endorsers. Go talk to so-and-so, he likes me. Go ask this man, he thinks I'm a great person. Anybody can put together a list of references. And when you put together a list of references, you're never going to put down your enemies, are you? You'll always put down your friends. You'll hand out a list of friendly endorsers. That may only prove that you have some friends. It doesn't prove you're a friend of God. Soundness is not established by association. You may have been a member of a church of Christ, a good one, a sound church, and you were active, you attended, you were connected with good people. Your individual soundness as a Christian, though, is not a matter of settling into a group, even though the group may be a good group. Soundness, I need to remind us, going back to the definition I briefly gave, soundness is your whole spiritual health before God. Your whole spiritual health before God. And God has your diagnosis and my diagnosis down perfectly. He knows if I'm sound. He knows if I'm spiritually healthy. It is not proved by resume or boasting or friendly endorsers or by association. In fact, there is no instruction in the New Testament to Christians to prove their soundness by any of these means or even a combination of these things. Soundness then is seen in what way, in what manner? Soundness is seen in your speech. Titus 2 and verse 8 teaches that the pattern of sound, uh, pattern of good works includes Sound speech that cannot be condemned. And this has weight because the Lord said, Every idle word men may speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. Matthew twelve thirty six. So in the ordinary course of conversation, if you are sound in the faith, that will come into view by your words. You can claim to be sound. You can give personal references you can report all the victories and good things you've done, but what really shows your soundness in the faith is what you say in the ordinary course of daily conversation. How do you talk about people? Is there a worldly influence that creeps into your conversation? Do you speak respectfully with sober maturity, reverence for God, and respect for people? 
Do you know what the Bible says? And is that knowledge appropriately expressed? When you are challenged or contradicted, with what manner of speech do you reply? Soundness in the faith is seen in our speech, both in the content and the delivery of our speech. Soundness is spiritual health, and that is expressed to God and to all by what we say and how we say it. Soundness, spiritual health, is manifest by the activity of your faith. Again in Titus 2, older men are to be sound in faith. Titus 2 verse 2, and James said in James chapter 2, we show our faith by our works. You don't need to take all kinds of initiative to prove that you are sound. Just live your life of faith in God day by day, and people will see that. God already knows it, but people will see that. In Matthew 5, 16, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Notice that. We engage in the good works of faith. People see those good works. But what is the purpose? Not to glorify me, but to glorify your Father who is in heaven. Put yourself in direct contact with the Word of God. Speak what the Word of God says. Live what the Word of God says, and you will never need to verbally argue or claim your soundness. Your soundness in the faith is seen by your practice of faith in your speech and the activity of your faith. Someone put it this way. If your behavior, if your behavior can be explained in no other way but as a life of obedient faith to God, your life has proved you to be sound. Soundness <clears throat> is seen in your speech, content and delivery. It is seen in the daily activity of your faith, and it is seen by your doctrine. Your doctrine, and by that I mean what you believe, teach, and practice unto God. What you believe, teach, and practice. Now let me quickly add to that. If you are a faithful Christian, what you believe, teach, and practice is what's written in the New Testament that was breathed out by God. And let me explain the word doctrine and doctrinal are typically abused and misunderstood words, even among brethren. <clears throat> in the New Testament, there is no specific category of instruction that is identified under the label doctrinal. All of the instruction God has given that we are to respond to is instruction. It is doctrine. The word doctrine means teaching. We respond to all of the teaching God has given in His Word. All the teaching God has given can be called doctrinal. Teaching about worship 
is doctrinal only because it is teaching God gave. Teaching about how to treat your wife is doctrinal because the New Testament teaches on that subject. Teaching about attitude, I'll bring up in a moment, is doctrinal because it is teaching given by God. And your doctrine and my doctrine ought to be everything that is written in the New Testament. Titus 2 and verse 1, you may still be open to Titus. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Paul is addressing Titus and calling upon him to do this. Speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. And there's our concept, soundness. Soundness in doctrine. Now, look ahead at what follows that. What is after Titus 2 verse 1? You see that? Instruction to older men about their conduct. Instruction to older women. Instruction to younger women and younger men. And then verse 7 says, In all things showing yourself to be a pattern of good works. That leads me to this. You are correct in doctrine when you follow what the New Testament says about everything God expects you to do. In all things. You don't establish that you are sound simply by affirmation. Your life must be that affirmation. And then, I've already alluded to this, soundness is seen in your attitude. Soundness is seen in your attitude. I'm going to be back in 2 Timothy in chapter 2 in just a moment. You can be perfectly correct in your convictions about every single New Testament topic and yet be unsound, unfaithful, and ungodly in your attitude. You can be right about the church, universal and local. You can be exactly correct in your view of worship, the work of the church, and be able to respond properly and scripturally to every question that denominational people bring up. You can be tough and true to the book in all your responses to false doctrine. You can even have the ability to win debates and respond to false teachers and quote every scripture so correctly you shut them down. But if your attitude is arrogant and immature and ungodly, though you are sound in what you've said, you're not sound in your attitude. I said something to you earlier about First and Second Timothy and Titus. It is an interesting study for preachers to go through and mark all the phrases in First and Second Timothy and Titus that pertain to heart content. Attitude toward God and attitude toward people. And here's one in 2 Timothy 2, 24 to 26. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. Able to teach, patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness... 
God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape from the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Now, preachers who ignore this teaching, even if they deliver the word of God faithfully, may be the cause of all kinds of damage if they are arrogant, boastful, and unsound in their attitude. It reminds me of Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15, speak the truth in love. This address is speaking, the content of speaking. It also addresses the attitude in love. One thing that means is winning an argument is not the aim saving a soul is. Care for souls, respect for God and His truth must be combined in the heart of God's servants, all of them. Paul said, in humility correcting those who are in opposition, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil. Soundness is about our whole lives in good, solid connection with God. Soundness is about our whole lives in good, solid connection with God, and that can be called spiritual health. Soundness is not about a few issues that we have downright, but every issue that God has addressed in His Word to which we ought to respond. Soundness is not about a few battles, it's rather about maintaining steadfastness in the war now until the end. Soundness is not about me showing somebody that they are ignorant and I'm smart. It's about me showing somebody that I care about them enough to try and reach them with the truth. Am I sound in the faith? Are you sound in the faith? I'll tell you this, God knows our level of soundness and growth. And His judgment counts far above the evaluation of of our peers. I know that because of 1 Corinthians 4, 3 and 4. But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged by you or by any human court. In fact, I do not even judge myself, for I am not aware of anything against myself, but I am not thereby acquitted. It is the Lord who judges me. Well, that's our study for today. I'd like for us to think about these things carefully, engage in self-examination, pray about the matters we've studied, respond to God in any way you need to today while we stand together to sing.